Hello everyone, JR here out of Sarasota and Bradenton, Florida area. Um, today's uh, podcast, this this episode here is kind of devoted to a uh, controversial topic that, uh, well, it's made controversial about what's going on uh, in uh, today's world here in uh, the USA um, within the last four or five weeks with all these riots and so forth and uh, Initially, um, what happened to uh, the uh, middle-aged black guy, I think he's probably about my age, uh, George Floyd, who was killed by the police officer um, and uh, who had his knee on George Floyd's neck. Um, and so this brought out uh, a lot of uh, commentary uh, about chokeholds being used by police officers, law enforcement officers. Um, and so I want to kind of touch base on the realities of chokeholds and kind of dispel some of the myths. Um, first, um, w- you know, we see a lot of people who may have good intentions uh, or bad intentions who are offering their advice. Um, and might I remind you that the the road to hell was paid by people with good intentions. So we see a lot of politicians, a lot of people just who have no idea what they're talking about, who are saying ban chokeholds, get away chokeholds. Um, and then you're seeing people who may actually know uh, the difference, but they're using the scenario to uh, throw in their two cents worth. And these are bad people. These are immoral people who are offering their advice uh, because they have a totally different agenda. Maybe they hate cops, right? They hate law enforcement. They hate the military. Um, So I could go down that road. I recently had a conversation about a year ago with a young man who had just graduated from college. Uh, I helped him out with his swimming. I got him an interview with a local uh, public safety agency here in the Sarasota-Bradenton area. And um, he did well. Uh, He just didn't quite do as well on the physical part, even though, I mean, he was in great shape. I mean, I would have loved to have had the body that this young man has. But he came back to me and he made a kind of an interesting comment. He said, uh, you know, Jerry, I didn't realize how uh, structured and how quote-unquote military-like this agency was. And this actually was just a beach lifeguarding agency. But these agencies are very structured. So I had a conversation with a young man. Turns out this young man's grandfather used to be an undercover narcotics uh, cop in Miami, like back in the 70s or early 80s. And if you're my age, you know the old TV show Miami Vice. So I just kind of made a comment to him. Uh, oh, so your granddad was kind of like uh, Sonny Crockett. Of course, he had no idea who I'm talking about. And I said, well, hey, have you ever thought about going into law enforcement yourself? Maybe, you know, um, you know, you're from Florida, you know, maybe following your grandfather's footsteps. And this young man looked at me and he just said, "Jr., I don't like the police. I think we live in a police state. And that's all he said. Now, mind you. I knew where the young man was coming from. He graduated from a college that's very liberal, and he was probably brainwashed by his professors while he was being educated. So not to get off on a tangent, but there are a lot of people out there like that that are totally misinformed. Uh, They have an education. 
um, but they really don't know a lot. Um, and so these people are coming to the surface offering their opinions on chokeholds and police, law enforcement officers, and yada, yada, yada. Um, so I'm just going to kind of get into the subject matter at hand here, and we'll nail it down, and then you can think about it. But what is a chokehold? What is a choke technique? And what's the difference in a chokehold, choke technique being used in sport versus real life? So one, what is a chokehold? Well, just by definition, a chokehold, you know, you're you're going after an opponent, an adversary, an aggressor's uh, neck area because they've exposed it. And you're going after that area because you see that it's an open area where you can maintain control over that opposing force. That opposing force could be someone of equal stature. They could be someone of less stature. Or they could be someone of a much greater stature. You know, they outweigh you. Or they outweigh, you know, the the person that's used, wanting to use the chokehold. Um... Now, you have different two different types of chokeholds, basically. One that's primarily taught um, in the martial arts community, which is, there again, you could be old school karate, judo, or jiu-jitsu. But the idea of a chokehold is to diminish the amount of blood flow, the oxygenated blood flow going from the heart up to the brain, so what happens is, is you merely render your opponent, they, they pass out. They lose consciousness within a matter of seconds. And so it's a, ma- it's a way of decreasing blood flow to the brain so that someone um, is incapacitated and they pass out. There's another chokehold where the choke technique may be applied so that it doesn't do that, it's more uh, putting pressure on the trachea, which it limits airflow in and out of the body, uh, which I think is much more dangerous. Um, sometimes you can, you know, you, you may. I know that when I when I teach people, and I'm sure that other martial arts instructors will tell you that you know you're teaching people so that they do the first one where they're going after limiting the blood flow to the brain versus the second, where you're squeezing the trachea. Um, and it's there again, therein lies the issue, really. Uh, it takes a lot of training, a lot of time, practicing, practicing, um, going over, going over, going over, just the redundant training of learning the small maneuvers that can separate the line from one or the other. Now, within chokeholds, you, I mean, you know, they're, they're kind of countless, but I think if we just break it down basically, you've got uh, a chokehold where I could do on you if you are, if I'm behind you and, and I'm, uh, I'm doing a chokehold behind you, whether I'm standing, uh, I'm on top of you, or I'm seated and I'm behind you, Whatever. So I could, there's that type of a chokehold. There's another chokehold I could do if I'm facing you. I could do a chokehold where I'm facing you 
and I use one of your arms within the choke hold. Now that becomes what we would may call an arm triangle choke. Or maybe I'm in front of you, we're face to face, but your head may drop. Now I may use what's called a guillotine choke, but initially it's face to face. Then third, lastly, there's a chokehold where maybe I'm gonna use my legs to encompass your neck or your one of your arms and your neck um, in a traditional leg triangle choke. That's basically it. Now there's many variations once you really get into the training where those three scenarios are spread out and broadened out, but that's it. But really, those three offer a safe way for me to immobilize my aggressor, the person that's coming after me, um, and they offer me a way to counter, quote-unquote, counter what they're doing to me. So there again, I think when we look at law enforcement officers, when we've seen that they've used a chokehold, uh, I hate using the terms uh, right or wrong. Wrong is a moral term. Uh, just, you know, like, I mean, good and bad are, are good or moral terms. But most police officers, I don't think they jump in and, and just step one, do a chokehold on somebody. No, it's, it has come about because there was a struggle somewhere. Uh, and there again, why are we struggling? You know, we follow directions, do what we're supposed to do, and nine times out of ten, nine point nine times out of ten, things are going to be okay. But usually, a chokehold happens because there is a struggle. Um, and actually, you know, when you're struggling like this as a law enforcement officer, it becomes very, very dangerous because now your belt, which holds your equipment, um, handcuffs, baton, knife, gun, taser, can be grabbed and pulled away from you. So if I'm a law enforcement officer, I really don't want to get in a struggle in the first place because now my the things on my belt are more easily accessible by the person I'm engaging with. So I think, you know, to step back and kind of be rational without just throwing out condemnation on law enforcement officers uh, because they do this, they do that. We have to remember that, um, you know, not getting off on a tangent, but these people, you know, they have families too. Whether they're male or female, they're going to go home to a family. Uh, they're going to go home to a significant other. They have mothers and fathers. They have children. They have a spouse. Uh, they have a boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever. So these are human beings who are, they don't go to the office, but they go to work just like you and I do. And uh, they want to go home at the end of that shift. Um, I had a young man who was going into the Secret Service who told me that his family told him they wanted him to come home alive and they wanted him to do something about it beyond just the training he was getting through, the, through his training that was being given to him. So he sought me out and we jumped into what I would call self-preservation training as well as uh, you know looking at how to do non-lethal restraints um, so I, you know they're again circling back 
what is a chokehold? It's merely a way to gain control of someone. Now, if this person does not, if they're continuing to resist, and I have them in a chokehold, I can squeeze harder and harder and harder. But there again, that person has the capability of not resisting against me. So let's let's break it down to just a very fundamental level. You've got two, let's say you've got two people under the age of 18, and they are, let, let's just make it real, they are in a judo class, they are in a martial arts class, they're in a jiu-jitsu class, and they are practicing as they practice takedowns with each other, they're paired up on a mat. I want you to envision this. They're practicing with each other, and you know, there's different pairs scattered out across this huge mat. And you have a or multiple instructors that are watching the practice. And maybe this particular scenario is given a four minute window. And then they're gonna, you know, the instructor's gonna stop, they're gonna stand back up and they're gonna restart. But the goal is, is to try and take your partner down. Your partner's goal is just to merely try to resist but you're going to try to take them down and then you're supposed to try to get them in some sort of submission. Um, obviously, they are going to resist. So you get your partner down, just like you've done 50 times before, and you get them in a particular chokehold and they are going to try to resist until they have to tap out, right? But they know that before they pass out, they're supposed to tap out. Uh, by touching you, your leg, your arm, your hand, something, and just merely tapping, hitting your, your appendage to let you know that, okay, I've given up. The person that's being restrained by a police officer, you know, I think they probably had that same option. Um, the only time I really, th if we're being rational, where that may not be an option is where struggles become life and death. And then you have so much adrenaline going on that uh, because you're trying to preserve your own life, um, it goes beyond the point of being a sport to being real life. And I think that's where a lot of people with good intentions um, really cannot quite understand that line. Um, so now there again, going back to this guy, George Floyd, this was not a chokehold that was being applied to him. The police officer put his knee on George Floyd's back of his neck. And what's really weird, we found out now, I think CBS News came out with a report that these two guys had a history. They knew each other. So, you know, I kind of wonder myself, you know, how much of this now is personal? Because if you saw the video like me, you really, there was no struggle for life and death. But this cop was just really, he just had his knee on the guy's neck, sitting there, knowing that he was eliciting pain, a lot of pain, on George Floyd. So now this becomes more, I think it's more personal, it's more malice, it's more about just pure evil, uh, and versus what it's exploded into now. But this whole conversation, has been hijacked and we see that people are wanting to really, from a federal level, regulate 
police agencies, which are managed by local municipalities, or sheriff's departments, which are managed by local counties. Um, and it's, it's coming from a very ignorant position without really understanding. Um, now, moving forward, who may need to use a chokehold in a moment of self-preservation? Um, there again, you. Maybe you are a parent and you are learning how to do self-defense and you're taking it forward, you're getting more involved because you want to protect your family. You want to protect your home, you want to protect your kids. You're a mom. You're driving around with two or three kids during the day doing whatever. Um, Do you have the right to use a chokehold to protect yourself or your children? You know, that could be a very valid question the way that, I mean, we see things just ramping up so quickly where a lot of people are becoming very judgmental and um, I don't know. It's a very scary thing with how things are changing so fast in our society. Um, You are a law enforcement officer. Do you have the right to protect your own life? I mean, you would think so, but we're seeing the tables being turned now um, if you're really paying attention to the news, um, y- the tables are being turned a lot. <coughs> and on a small note, before we get done here, I would like to ask you, you know, where are you getting your information from? Um, don't just watch one or two news sources. You really need to go out of your way and look at opposing points of view that you really never thought of before or you've been taught that are not credible, that maybe these news sources are full of lies, but you need to go out of your way compare. And I say this being, you know, in the academic community before, uh, as a college student, I had a, one of my favorite college professors was the chairman of the history department. And I remember he told us, his class students, and I had this guy for over five years, that he watched three sources of news every day, and this is back in the 80s, and they were opposing news uh, sources of information. But he did that, he felt, so that he could really have a feel as to what was going on in America. He didn't do that to feed his own echo chamber that he lived in. Um, I work for a small college, full time and I see so much that just from emails that are from faculty and staff these people live in an echo chamber Um, they know a lot of what they know but they know so little of what they don't know and I find a lot of information being passed within emails and information being passed out from faculty professors uh, where they don't really use data. They don't use numbers. They use bumper bumper sticker slogans. They use innuendo, but they really don't use data. And these are the people that are influencing the 18 to 22-year-olds, and it's a very scary proposition. Um, But I see it every day. It's the world I live in. Um, 
and uh, I just see it. I see some students who I know that do question, but I can guarantee these students do not question in the classroom because if they do, they probably could not stand the heat they're going to get from the professor or from their stu- or from their fellow students. Uh, they will be raked across the coals. <clears throat> Those that do are extremely brave, and they are the lone voice crying out, uh, you know, uh, amongst all others. But uh, but at any rate, circling back, I think uh, if we were to really examine this. Uh, we find that uh, the use of chokeholds is really a safe mechanism for a law enforcement officer to use to gain control of a suspect. Um, and uh, But there again, we have to remember, a chokehold really is only going to be used when a struggle ensues. Um, you know, and there again, I really don't want to get in a struggle if I'm a law enforcement officer, if I have three people in front of me. Because if I go down with this one person, I've got two other people that are looking at me that could come after me. So, you know, we have to be very logical. Does a law enforcement officer really want to get involved in a struggle? No, of course not. You know, um, it just goes against what the whole intent is when they're engaging a someone that has broken a, a law and they're merely wanting to write a summons, write a ticket, they're trying to break up a fight. They're answering a domestic call, um, you know, whatever it is. So I think we need to realize uh, we need to kind of go back to square one. But just to sum it all up, from my perspective, someone that's been in martial arts for 41 years, a trained halfway around the planet to where I am now. Um, I hold three black belts in different martial art disciplines. Um, I've trained multitudes of people. Using a chokehold is merely a way of gaining control of an aggressor, uh, whether it's my partner, whether it's, once again, now I'm a, my youngest son is a martial artist. Every now and then he'll hit me up and say, Dad, I, I need to practice something on the mat. He's going to try to choke me. I'm going to try to choke him. Is there malice? No. But he's going to use a chokehold if he can so that he can gain control of me and then I will submit. Pure and simple. I don't know how much simpler to make it. Um, but we need to step back a little bit and just look at the realities. Um, when you don't know what you're talking about or when you have a question about something like this, Really, no matter where you live, you live in California, you live in Texas, you live in Florida where I am, you live in Maine, you live in Tennessee, reach out to someone who's an authority on the subject matter and ask them rather than assuming and coming up with these ideas in your head, which that's what's gone wrong with the whole idea of chokeholds. But it really applies to many other things. So anyway, I hope I didn't ramble on too much. uh, But that's just my take on chokeholds. And you all have a good day.